Greetings everyone. Oh, yo. Okay. So, see what had happened was and anytime you hear someone say what had happened was, you know that it's something magnanimously hilarious that involves the last podcast. And it was great. I, I really enjoyed it. I was recording with a co-star slash guest star on my podcast, and that person is hilarious and awesome and a wonderfully brilliant creator. And we got into a tangent about said subject of what I was saying on the podcast. So that that is no excuse to my listeners. You guys are awesome. Thank you. And please hit the subscribe button. And I'll let you know when I have more crazy magnanimous adventures. It usually and unequivocally happens that way all the time. And I'm not upset about how a podcast turns out. I'm just excited that someone actually listens and then I can actually talk about what it is that I wanted to in my story. And one day we'll have other guest stars and other random moments which I would inevitably, if it's not involving, I don't know, a fifth of vodka or liquor, then it just has to be we smoked a pound of weed and we lost feeling in one of our sides of our bodies or something like that. Or maybe it was our lips. But generally, I think I'll be okay. I'll just probably have like the munchies or something like that and uh, want to eat a whole cheesecake or, or something. And, and that would just be the case, so. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to the Here It Colors to Kill Sounds podcast. You have entered the proverbial, creative, nonsensical, telltale all fiction book series that never ends of some guy in LA. And that's me. My name is V. And. I update this series and the more and more you guys like the content and the more you guys listen the faster it is that I upload so yeah it's I kid you not I, I am true to word when it comes to someone engaging in what it is that I do I will respond with more creative content now this podcast will ring true to what it is that I'm saying so that's generally how that goes. Other podcasts, I feel like these guys talk about many different things or they talk about current events and their own opinions and how a situation is or their own comedic timing. And comedics or comedy is the best. That if I was to listen to podcasts, if, if I was in my car and going to and fro, if I'm not obviously listening to an audiobook, I'm definitely listening to a comedian and their hilarious rants on life. It's it's a free comedy show. Like <laughs> that's what you go to the comedy store for is to hear their truth of life. Comedy is seventy percent truth and thirty percent joke. And so it, it comes to their uh, creative acumen and wit to make it their own style and not say the same thing that another comedian has said and that in itself is a gift and there's so many different styles there's so many different comedians that say different things or have different perspectives and that bring to it 
But I kid you not, if I was in you guys' shoes, I'd be like, yo, I'm going to Pasadena or Lancaster. Hmm, who should I put on? Bill Burr. Yes, I want to hear what he's talking about with him and his crate. He, man, he, you know what? Who else? Uh, Andrew Schultz and the rest of these guys. Let me see what these guys are talking about. Yo, yo, David Choi, yeah, let me, let me give a shout out to uh, Iglesias, you know, like, <laughs> there's so many great uh, people who just have this hilarious voice that rings so true to many different levels that as a writer, it would be an honor to write uh, any piece for these guys in just a setting of just going to the grocery store or something or going to a baseball game and having these reiterations so yeah that that's generally where you'll you'll find me and and having a deeper appreciation for los angeles and america it, it's so interesting so vibrant and even with all the things that are happening in life obviously you have to be cognizant of this it's 2022 it's january there's things going on you can listen to csnbc or look onto the internet, but just in how we approach and communicate with one another has changed. And I'm learning to deal with that my own way, but with my content, it, it has become more complex. And the more and more you guys support my art, each and every one of these times, the more and more complex it has become. And so now I get the liberty of playing with different things that I originally had not. And the prime example of this, and I'll go into the story, is Hearing Colors to Kill Sounds. The third book was The Seed of the Door with No Threshold. And it was an update of the original series. And I appreciated it because it was really cool. So with that, yeah, it was one of my uh, co-stars. They were um, calling me up just now. The, the third book series updates me from the fourth where all of what happened in the second book was something that changed and it was not even a time lapse from the second book to the third book that made it so paramount. It was more or less something that had a different or deeper sense of meaning because there was no reiteration I didn't mention any time continuity basis um, generally there is none and, and so I'll, I'll spread this one into two series and the more the more you guys like the content the, the faster it is that I'll upload but this one see the door with no threshold was a, a different uh, temperament and the floating aisles or where I left off there uh, was a different basis it was something that had a a greater sense of clarity what I was explaining and so uh, the cat-headed goddess and the instance of what was happening with this woman and she was a refugee or a part of the group and this is to anybody who has not you know heard my stories previously or wondered what was going on this is a floating island that I named of Isidora, and I don't even name it as such in the story. I'm just name, giving it a name. As for now, it may or may not change. But these refugees wake up in a basic pan, 
pen, not, what do you call this? A basic panic. And they are surrounded on all sides by bandits. And they're just in this valley. So the refugees are all there in this particular place. And it is unlike any other terrain that one could even surmise as of sense of normalcy compared to ours. Now, obviously, not even to get over scientific or anything like this, where you would have a, what would you call? Mm. Okay, so basically being in that valley area had them at a starting point at a disadvantage to everybody else that was already there moving around in Celestial. And what I mean by like the mentality of the terrain is unlike anything that we've experienced would be a tundra or a forest or something that was temperate or had a season to it. And for this one, I just envisioned something, a valley of bones or something and everything else in the surrounding desert. And it would be damned if they do, damned if they don't um, make the moves um, as in being in that position. Um, strategically and so uh, basically the, the refugees left that area went up the mountain to get a better view and to leave that and then afterwards subsequently run into this uh, discovery of a floating island and when I explain it, it it's not the general sense of anything that you've seen in science fiction or uh, what one considers a video game or something like that um, the size of a continent and, and I describe this and I say this but I'm still as I'm describing it to you versing the parameters and how and what it looks like uh, to someone else of that sheer magnitude a, a, a continent floating in the sky like that's insanely large and larger than a few blocks so the, the sheer scale of celestial in itself is large um, the size of the Sun is something that we can't even uh, fathom uh, considering the size of earth and by comparison so these people are obviously flipped out by seeing something that they previously didn't know existed two their memories are like all scrambled up so then that would once again flip some anyone out and then seeing something like this all happening at once and they get teleported to the island um, via their hands. And so it's kind of like symbols that appear um, from a beam. If you've seen uh, anything Star Trek-like or anything that mm, has some sense of beaming Scotties up or uh, teleporting someone. And so they get to the island and what happens, or I write this in, is that they all get jumbled up or separated so it's like two groups and initially the arrive in like this hall or this area with unlike anything one could consider in a dream like dreams serve no justice as to the impossibilities of the uh, architecture of the place where something by what do you call this by gravity's law did not exist or would not permit us to do on here on earth by example one would i don't even know and this is once again nerd talk 
So I'm going to name the name of this one of these podcasts, Nerd Talk Part 2. But <laughs> to see something that is a few tons. So you got something that's like, I don't know, a hundred tons. And there is no set way of moving that thing or even casting it or even cutting said thing. And those said things are all around um, the refugees. And it's almost as if some uh, otherworldly force had built and sculpted this with these um, crazy Marvel comic book hands. And they are in awe and, and shock that these people are walking around with animal heads and things like this and other people look normal, but then they look at them. It, it's a head trip all at once. And so I'll write that in uh, in the fourth book. Fun fact, that's an Easter egg for anybody listening to this. And for me, I initially, and I didn't even know why, because I was sitting in Venice and writing this, and I wrote it about a cat-headed goddess. And I was like, yo, let me go ahead and just knock this out. I don't even know why I'm writing this, but it sounds really cool. So I wrote. <laughs> and basically what happens is one of the refugees wanders off from the rest of them. Like The rest of them are like tripping out. And she arrives on the island, but she's not with her mate. And she has her daughter with her, and so she leaves her daughter with someone to go find where her husband is or her her man, like the first thing on her mind. And they had survived all of what, you know, initially waking up. And so then there was this, and arriving in a crazy place. And she didn't even care about any of that. She's like, you know what? This is bullshit. I'm going to go find him, and I'll be back. And so she does, and not the sensical way of finding something. Uh, she wanders off on an Alice in Wonderland journey and to the island of even just considering what the island is, she first things first runs into a room with the cat-headed goddess. And it's not like a regular room, it's not like a castle, it's not like a palace, but you could definitely understand what a throne room looks like if you were in some other realm that was not earth <laughs> or uh, heaven or hell. And basically there was like cosmic stuff happening outside of the window, all these other different things happening, almost as if they were like, she walked into a room that was inside of another room that was inside of another room. <laughs> and this room in particular was this cat-headed goddess's room and she had people dancing there, she had uh, guards there, but uh, as soon as the woman walks up, and this is the description of what happens in the second book now, it, it's a conversation without words, like they didn't even speak. It was almost as if they were staring at one another and sizing one another up in the span of what, 10 seconds? But in that 10 seconds, um, in whatever their headspace, they were having a conversation and basically what the cat-headed goddess told her was that she needed not say anything. <laughs> like, she already knew everything. She, from start to finish, she could see it in her eyes and the inner parts of her being. And um, she just wanted to ask her, like, what was she doing there? And by fate and by chance that she could happenstance run into her. And it wasn't a normal occurrence. Like, this was some sense of fate. And it wasn't um, 
the woman or refugee uh, claiming herself as whatever, or even the cat-headed goddess. It was really just these two women meeting and uh, a sense of empathy. And uh, it wasn't like, oh, woe is me or anything of this mentality because the refugee woman didn't even know that things or beings like this existed first and foremost. And then the visuals that these things existed to communicate in this way. And so it was kind of like a worldview happening at once, just exploding, 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 and then a ginormous explosion of just, oh, that's that can exist in the world, that can exist, oh, ah, ooh, like it just proverbially continued. And the cat-headed goddess told her like, yo, basically like if any other things that she needed, she would be okay and that, you know, her existence was not for not and these things that had happened to her and she couldn't necessarily explain to her what it was because that wasn't her place and nor was it like in her contract uh, to hear those things because it would kind of ruin the surprise but uh, I didn't even allude as to what the cat-headed goddess knew I just left her as this um, mystique or this character uh, in this series and I worded it very well and I'll read it to anyone, or I may read it again, but you can catch it in the earlier podcast. And in the third book, though, it continues. And I'm, like I said before, before I go into it, and I'm breaking this off into two parts, I wanted it to be like Clue. Like, if you're ever a nerd like, my, like myself, and know the movie, and know the game, it is very different to see Clue, and to, it's basically a whodunit. And, and TV does it 50, 11 million times. You can watch Law & Order. You can see all kind of stuff. But to do a whodunit with people who know is a trip and a half and a mystery and a half. And so I wanted it to have it play off into something that meanders. And this is an Easter egg for anyone who is listening to this for what to look forward to in the fourth book because they're all like all linked or whatever and so this is the first time someone has come to the island and they utilize this and i know writers have done this like there's probably a writer writing this plot device right now <laughs> but but to say this that the characters are going to uh utilize this chance as the new ones to come here and blame them for a murder or blame them for anything that is from the surface uh, just because they were isolated on the island. So that's all. I, I appreciate you guys. This is V, a.k.a. Vernon English. Thank you for listening to the podcast series. Uh, the more and more you guys like the pieces, the more and more you guys like any of the series, uh, the faster it is I upload. So, yep. Peace, peace.